0: Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life my kid and an athlete. love, and the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony,
1: but most people just call me Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show.
0: A lot of early relationships back before we had online dating and social
1: media, were you... Were you using like MySpace or anything back then to, to at chicks? I don't remember. I did it one time, think... and it did not work out for me, and I just I...
0: never did it again. <laughs> it was discouraging. Yeah. Like, nah, this isn't going to work. Yeah. I don't think I used MySpace for that. I used MySpace to try to network. You say that with such a weird smile. I don't know what you mean by that. Well, j- just try and find different people out there that were doing kind of the same thing that I was doing at the time. which What, was, going to school? Going to school... Well, I had my magazine. Uh, I don't okay. know if you were a part of that. I was a reader. For, were you? Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, I wouldn't really read. I'd like flip through it and look at the headlines and That's stuff. But what I came to learn that magazines were all about. Right? Yeah. It was just a bunch of bullshit. But I wanted to kind of get with people that had the same mindset, uh, early entrepreneurs. Um, early adapters to things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And try and get... well. <laughs> If you're looking at it from that standpoint, then I was kind of a late comer to the game. (laughs) Were you? Because, I mean, it was short-lived. It was early, and then it didn't last very long. No, it lasted two, three months. But it took a long time to get it up and running. Fuck. Mm. My God, that was a lot of work. Anyway, so how did you use social media then versus now? Okay, because now it's a lot of people using social media to holler, right? We didn't really use MySpace to holler. It was kind uh, of weird. It was very impersonal. I had, I had friends that did. And then, you
1: know, you still have people that are oversharing on social back then. I remember reading things. I was like, why well, would you post
0: this? Oh, yeah. And it just, it just wasn't my. I used to post thing. a lot of poetry and, and spoken word, free word. Interesting. On MySpace. I wonder if I can still access that. Probably not, because I think they got rid of their
1: whole interface. And when they migrated to that new system, I don't think it all came with it. Anyway
0: yeah i had a dope I had, myspace template yo <laughs> oh my with a top 16 instead of a top eight top 16 i had all my cool people that i didn't
1: know on there right yeah i had to i had my personal account and then i had my my music my production account for some reason you thought you needed to yeah yeah because i, was, at you I was producing crazy like crazy I, oh, I used to even have songs on my uh my voicemail I was like, hey, I'm busy right now, but check out the song I just produced. And then I'd play the song.
0: <laughs> uh, wow. Shameless self-promotion. Okay, but going back to dating, okay? Yeah, yeah. How many times have you been at home and just didn't know what to do? It's a weekend or a Friday night, and you are like, you know what? I'm fucking bored. And no one wants to hang out right now. I want to find someone new. He just fucking popped open social media and tried to holler at some people, not even to try and get at anyone. I, would, I mean, try and-
1: social, no, but dating apps, yes. Yeah, okay. So dating apps. But it was, it'd be, I don't think I ever got one where I matched with somebody and then I was like, hey, what are you doing right now? Let's go grab. Never? No, not like, I think that's, that's a lot. That's intense. Cause you want to kind of fill it out and talk to them a little bit before you'd be like, you know, just a blind invitation. Like, hey, What's meet thrill me here. Of
0: the chase. I guess I'm not into that kind of thrill but here's the thing mm-hmm. there are a lot of inferences made when conducting electronic interactions yeah 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 okay? yeah okay so you can really project whatever it is that you want to think or feel or know or uh, you can even completely reword a sentence maybe this is what they meant right when you're talking through text or mm-hmm. through a social media app or a dating app then what are you doing different than just by going out and and interacting with that person face-to-face? You're, I think the fear there is realizing that that person isn't what you thought they were based on your electronic interactions Mm -hmm. and being disappointed. Yeah. You know, I've had
1: instances where, yeah, I think, I can't remember if it was Tinder or any other sites I tried to use, but I had, (laughs) so I think it was Tinder. So I'd met this girl, we had, we had matched, and we were talking, and then we started texting. She was super cool, super down, uh, and we had some great conversations, like especially about like music and different albums and whatnot. And then I met we met up, and we had uh, dinner in person. And I was just it was kind of a letdown. It it, I, it just it just didn't match up. Like what didn't the, match up? The way I interpreted her text, her energy, and her like okay, it, it just in person it was lackluster, and I was just like so out of it i was just like oh okay well i don't see this happening again
0: where were you in your life that you projected it to that level or you you assumed it was at that level were you in desperate need of like no not at all it was relationship it was her choice of words and her
1: phrasing that made it seem familiar to like girls that i grew up with like that i went to high school with. you're
0: projecting still project. You think so? Well, you just, I don't know. You led me there by by saying what you said. So it sounds like based on, you know, what I'd known in the past about these girls. It was an association, but I wouldn't say it's projecting. You're using that association to make an assumption. Okay. That's accurate. Which is a projection. How is an assumption a projection? An assumption based on past experience is there in... A projection, no? Am I off base?
1: No, I think a projection would be what I'm hoping it is, which I guess in that sense,
0: it is a projection. (laughs) You're using a... Okay, semantics. But anyway, okay. You're assuming, uh, my word choice maybe needs to be rethought, Yeah. that this person was going about your conversation one way based on past experience with people of a similar mindset maybe. You don't even know at this point. There's a lot of assumptions being made. Where were you though? Uh that was, I was thirty. I was, I was like, oh, you were, so like last year?
1: last year, year before. It was like two years two ago. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah. I was twenty nine, thirty, give or take around I forget there. Forget that we're thirty two. Yeah, I'm. I'm close. Not there yet. Yeah, you're still thirty one. Yeah, I was. I was thirty so young. It was from twenty. No, from thirty to thirty one is when I was doing a lot of like casual dating Got it. and, and using apps and meeting up people. Cause it, the apps were made traveling and, and, and meeting people really easy. So I met, I met a girl from the Dominican when I was out there. I met a girl in Texas when I was out there. I met a couple of girls in New York when I was out there. So it was, it was interesting just to kind of meet people and then have somewhere to go to, to meet somebody, you know sure. what I mean? Right. Or meet up with somebody, but the one that I was uh, really interested in Just based off of our our text conversations. Never got on the phone. We just went from texting to meeting in person. I was
0: just kind of let down. I was like, oh. That sucks. Yeah. That really sucks. Because you built them up. And I've been there. I've built someone up to be someone that they're not. And in my head, it was like, yeah, this is a perfect person, perfect person. And all of a sudden, it's like, what happened? Where are you? Like, We're so far off base right now. I feel like you're just telling me about a time that your hero became human <laughs> almost and you know what there's that saying uh and it sounds very crass but it's, maybe i shouldn't no no say it <laughs> don't put the pussy on a pedestal i think you knew where i was going with that no
1: i did not expect that but yes i mean that was something we heard oh cat williams always just said all yes, the time in his stand up and that was that became very prominent around school at that time because that's what we kept hearing don't put that pussy on a pedestal
0: boy <laughs> right and you know a lot of people actually use that as a template for their relationships and that actually some people took it too far in my opinion it's like wow you know okay there's a certain line between don't put it on a pedestal and respect where you're kind of missing
1: yeah that's just derogatory dog like that's not uh that's not all
0: right Mm, yeah but here we are now with this whole presence of mind that we understand where these relationships come from and we understand how these relationships develop could you say that online dating gives a very solid foundation to to a good fundamental long-term relationship, something that can last the test of time?
1: Uh, yeah, I do have a couple of people that I've met, girls that I met when I was doing the online dating thing that nothing really happened, but we've maintained the friendship.
0: I don't necessarily think that that's all too bad of an idea. I mean, I think friendships derived from that kind of... Uh, and interaction would be great. I mean, it's a cool way to get to know new people, right? Yeah, but a relationship, I don't know. I, f- I find it kind of far fetched. I mean, I think my sister met her boyfriend, her current boyfriend off online dating. And I, I do, don't
1: do people know because there's, there's a stigma with, with online dating, even though it's almost like a cultural norm now. There's still a stigma about people yep. meeting on specific sites, like, Oh, you met on Tinder, isn't that just like a hooking up app? And it's just like, Well, right. not
0: always. like Sometimes something clicks, right? Yeah. But here we go. Going back to the whole question that I phrased, how much of it is projected? And even when you start meeting that person, right, in person, you just start looking past certain things because you want to see a certain... Oh, because you're actually looking to make this work. Yeah. Like you're you're dusting stuff under the rug. I, yeah, there. I wouldn't say it's necessarily from a desperation standpoint. That might be a little too harsh. Did I say desperation? No, me. Oh, okay. I was thinking it oh. and I said it. And okay. I realized that it, if I have to paint the picture, I think desperation would be a good parallel. Okay. But it would be a tough, very rough word to use, I would say. Maybe if.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very short sighted because using online dating, I yeah. don't think, is so much desperation as much as it is convenience. Yes. Okay. Explain. It just opens the door to, to an introduction.
0: Right, so instead of having to leave the office, or but well, what happened to going to like a restaurant or a, you know, a chance encounter, rather than forcing it, you can do that too. But
1: it just ups the odds and and expedites that process without having to incur the
0: cost of bar hopping. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be. I mean, bar hopping is an expensive endeavor if you really think about it. It is trying to find a soulmate at a bar probably isn't a good idea either, primarily because. If you're probably looking for someone at a bar, they're probably not looking for you <laughs> to be a long-term relationship. I mean, what are the odds of that? I know one couple that's married now. They met at a bar. Yeah, I can't say I know very two many. Two couples.
1: I know two couples. Two of my two of my good friends. My really? good friends. Yeah, while well, we are out. One in Santa Monica, one in Fullerton. Whoa.
0: Yeah. They're married. Living their best lives now. They met at a bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, it could have happened with me. It could have happened with me. And How I, did you meet your wife? Was it like a class or was it. Uh, no. Uh, how did we meet? We met at a uh, fraternity sorority uh, social. Oh, an mixer. exchange kind of deal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I saw her and. Everybody by else far, disappeared? Oh. No. <laughs> by far, I, th- I think I, I kind of fell for her real early i don't think she really cared for me at the time i think when we talk about this she tries to buff it up and make it a lot more tough like yeah no you were nothing to me i was <laughs> like what i i saw you and i was like man there's an angel and she saw me and she was like there's just another fucking fraternity guy like fuck you know yeah I mean, um, that's, that's what i thought too when i saw you Oh, you thought I was an angel?
1: <laughs> yes, that's Sweetie. what I.
0: Thought. <laughs> you never told me. <laughs> and so here sp- we are, ten years later, with our our own show. Eleven. Oh yeah. Going on eleven years. Jesus. Wow. Fuck this. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the one the one takeaway from that is when whenever we talk, despite our varied differences in how we met and what we initially thought about each other was um, that we mutually agree upon the fact that we never really had a first date.
1: So was it, just something you, you met, you
0: guys started talking, and then next thing you know, you're in a relationship? Or Yeah, pretty much. I think she was graduating, and I guess she wanted to hold on to a piece of Riverside. <laughs> so no <laughs> pun. No pun. <laughs> uh, and she took me in, a uh, scared little doggy. Newly christened fraternity guy. Um, but a lot of our early relationship dealings were phone and text. It was long distance. She moved back to Pasadena probably a month. Pasadena to Riverside. It was very long distance. <laughs> this is why she didn't drive. Uh, she did not drive. Okay. So it was a lot of her relying on her friends bringing her to Riverside so we can um, just hang out. Interact and in person. And... <laughs> And it was very, very difficult, very taxing on the relationship. And it just didn't really lend itself to being, I guess, fun. But I guess back then it wasn't about anything serious. It was just like trying to get to know each other. And we talk about it now. It's like, man, what if we had a first date? Like how different would it have been? Like a formal sit down, dinner and a movie type thing or even like mini golf. And, you know, we had a a lot of those times after the fact. But we had already decided that we wanted each other, uh, we wanted to commit to each other. So it was very different, I guess. It was very, it was backwards. I think we started and then we kind of made up ground as we went on. But now we're thinking about it. It's like now we don't even go on dates. It's like we go out. Well, because we every time you go on a date, you come shit. home with a new baby. <laughs> yeah, I got fucking three, four kids in the house right now, two of which I don't even know when they came. They just showed up. They are like, I heard a knock on the door. Hey, who are you? Um, you had a double date last week,
1: didn't you? You're <laughs> <laughs> <are> your twins. <laughs> no, I mean, that's interesting because it's almost like you guys had a uh, arranged marriage where you were, you were together and then you got to know each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like that. That's how most college relationships are, though. Are they? A lot of them. None of mine were like that. No? But of course, I didn't really have
1: any significant college relationships might not have happened after school because my first okay. year first years playing baseball i was like i'm not going to get in a relationship i'm not going to mess up my chances of playing by you know having a kid and then after that i was like well i just need to finish so i can get out of
0: here damn you went to that level you were worried about a kid i mean oh, you were
1: totally in control of that though My yeah but with my luck it would have just been one and done and that was it sure but, you know and i just didn't want to deal with that so I I dated casually, went out a couple of times, dated a few different girls, but nothing that that sustained more than a couple months. Wow! Of just like kind of talking and then going out and doing stuff. But yeah, so my, my dating experience in college was completely different. Oh, I'm
0: sure it was, yeah. And it, there are a lot of different experiences out there, primarily because everybody's looking for something different, right? Yeah,
1: because then you had you had the people in, in school that were the convenience of being in the dorms and it's just like, well, I guess now we just live together. (laughs) Right. It's like moved in right away. And I think to your, your experience, that's the whole, now we're together. Now we get to know each other aspect of it or experience.
0: I think you get over the initial, is this going to work? Like, are we going to mesh? Yeah. And just by talking and texting, but then again, it all goes back to what was actually perceived Mm -hmm. and what was reality. Because a lot of the times now, even talking with my wife, It's like we're still learning a lot about each other every day, because you don't really, you don't really, when you're younger, you. I I don't feel like you talk about all the right things. Yeah. So even if we had a first date, even if we had multiple dates after that, which we did, we still weren't getting at the root of what made us us. Because I think you have to get over that certain hump. Right? And then there's always more to it. Like You dig deeper and yeah. deeper and deeper into it. And then they start understanding a lot more about who you are and what makes you tick. Yeah, And that's how marriages just kind of work. And you look at someone that, you know, a married couple in their 40s and 50s and compare it to, you know, dating in your 30s or even 20s. It's a world of a difference.
1: Well, I mean, I think that comes into the idea of you have a stronger sense of self going into it. So, you know... I think a lot of people put more emphasis on what you want in a partner, and I think more emphasis is is better suited in in where you are and understanding yourself and putting yourself forward and then you know hoping the other person will do the same thing, you guys can make you know the best judgment or assessment of whether this is something you're interested in and pursuing and and growing with that person it doesn't always work that way no. some of the first dates I've been on, I just laid it out that look like I'm a bit of an emotional wreck i was going through this. I'm not looking for anything intimate. I'm not looking for, you know, to take this any further than just, you know, sharing a meal with you and getting to know who you are. And if that's something you're not okay with, I completely understand. We won't see each other again. Some people were like, oh yeah, that's cool. And they, and they thought that like, that was me just trying to like, you know, play, run a game or something like that to, to convince that, you know, to do the complete opposite. And it really wasn't, I wasn't looking to get very emotionally involved with it. That was on the first date? Yeah, I let them know like where I was like, you know, when they start asking. Like, so your history. date your date night consisted of ground rules. Not ground rules. No, just like this or is where I'm is, at.
0: Yeah, this is where I'm at. So it's it just want to be forthcoming with that. Hmm. So I guess a lot of that comes from having to know exactly what you're in it for. Yeah. Right. that Like you said, the presence of mind. But where were you at that point? 30s? Yeah, and 20th. you know, okay. selfishly, I was actually using this as
1: practice to going into my interviewing because I'd never really interviewed people. So I was using the dating as a, a chance to one, just be in the presence of a beautiful woman, just because I enjoy that. Sure. Uh, and two, to really drive a conversation and see how much I can get out of people as far as just a natural, organic conversation. How much will they be willing to reveal to me about themselves? And I used those dates as precursors before I started doing the interviews for my film. I feel so used. You were actually before the dates. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's why our interview was
0: so short. So so dirty. (laughs) Uh, I need to take a shower now. Yeah. You do look very disgusted in me when I told you that. (laughs) That was the effect I wanted you. I wanted that to play into your voice as you were continuing the. But in essence that's a very good point a lot of people when they're dating in their 30s or their 20s rather and even in their 30s they don't have that presence of mind they don't have that sense of self that overwhelming compelling desire to actually put themselves on a petri dish on display for everyone to see it's a vulnerability standpoint and it goes a lot with pride and just accepting who you are as a person it's a very kind of a defeatist, It could be perceived as defeatist, but another way to look at it is it's that vulnerability that a lot of people just aren't comfortable with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're still still doing facades. You're still trying to figure out, you know, if this person is amazing, I don't want to like come off looking crazy right away. And I kind of didn't care about that because that wasn't my intent. So it completely changed the perspective I took into it. And I think it definitely made the woman that I was going on dates with feel a lot more comfortable and, and a little more relaxed. To be able to kind of just like open up like, well, you know, if, if I'm not going to see you again, then it doesn't really matter what I say. And they're a little more honest, I think,
0: in those moments. But the crazy is there. So why hide it? Yeah. Why do we do that? I, I don't know. I, I When I, we know that someone isn't being their true self on a first date or second or third, why do we do that? Why do we hide it? Why do we play these fucking games? Insecurities? I don't know.
1: But I, you know, I, I want to know that. My crazy is is gonna align with your crazy.
0: You know, does that make sense? I get, yeah. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, it does. It really does make sense. What if it doesn't in the end, and you're you're already pot committed. You're pot m- committed. What does that mean? Poker term. Oh. When you're committed to the pot, where you just got to go all you in doing and do the say, whole. You know what? F- fuck it. <laughs> I thought you were doing the whole, shit. or get off the pot
1: reference. It works. It also works. It does. <laughs> I
0: yeah, I don't. I don't. What what would be pot committed, already married or engaged? It's a very good question. Actually, uh, I was thinking about that when I when I said that. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Because
1: I it, know- It's tough. What, it, it depends on where you are in life, I think. It's funny. I was, I'm going to say my cousin, and I have someone that thinks I'm going to be talking about them, but it's really not. <laughs> Just because we had this conversation recently, but it was mm-hmm. actually my other cousin. Before he got married, I was like, isn't it a little r- early to rush into engagement? And he's like- engagement isn't marriage i can always call the engagement off wow you know but this is I, i've I heard th- that before you know and I, so it's it's one of those things where it, it, it he's like i'm just putting a down payment on my commitment and if this works out then you know great if it doesn't then
0: i'm so, just it's out not in engagement. Ring. buying a house it's not an investment Well, it is an investment. investment. Okay, don't get me wrong, but it's not a financial transaction of sorts. Well, in the state of California, a ring is actually uh, a binding agreement. So,
1: if you because she didn't go, she if you two get married, she keeps the ring because she fulfilled her agreement, which is marriage. So, if you if you she calls the the engagement off, she has to return the ring by law. Oh, because it's contractual in California anyway. Weird. I did not know that. I don't know why I know this, but I remember having to ask all these
0: questions a while back when I had to consult a lawyer. For okay. It. Fair enough. Um, so, that's the thing. I guess, in in a sense, society has made it more transactional than foundational and emotional. Yeah. But there's a lot of emotions to it, too. You can't there, just dismiss all
1: that. There is, but th- then we take away from the societal impact of it being companionship. And it's now so much a milestone. And that's, I think that's part of the issue mm. with marriage. It's the milestone, I should be doing this. And you hear, you're, you, you will do, It'll, that, that'll do pig, that'll do. And, and people go and get married and you know,
0: it's just different now. But going back, yeah. what were you gonna say? It, it all goes back to the perception though. Mm-hmm. Basing a perception, uh, using rather, it all goes back to the perception Using that perception to perpetuate your thought, right? Marriage is a landmark, is a milestone rather. Mm-hmm. It's a landmark in your in your life, milestone in your life. How do you take that back and say, you know what? It's It's not necessarily a natural progression of things, but it's taking your life to the next level. Because I've often spoken about this, that marriage is not the same as a relationship. There's a lot more skin in the game. I go back to that phrase... But that's very true. If you think about it, it's like people say it's no skin off my back. Yeah. It's off your nose, but yeah. I've heard it both ways. But you've often heard the term, there's no skin off my back. It's a lot of relating to, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to lose sleep over this. Mm -hmm. It's not not a big deal. I'm not going to deal with it right now. With marriage, you can't really do that because you're going to have to face that person the next day over and over and over until you decide, you know what, A, this is not for me or B, we're going to have to work through our differences here. We're going to have to work together.
1: I think you can still have that similar experience without marriage being on the table
0: in a committed relationship. You can, but it can only go so far. It's like a you will push it to the max and then you're going to you're gonna redline. And you're going to be like, all right, well, how do I equate it to a car? It's like you got to upgrade the transmission. <laughs> that just
1: comes right. back to personal preference, right? Because even if you get married, divorce, there's still an out technically. It's whether you're willing to exhaust it. And in, even in a committed relationship, whether you're willing to exhaust the
0: exit. Mm. If you're not, you're not and willing to live with the repercussions for the rest of your life because there is a negative social stigma with divorce. Even though it's downplayed a little bit now, yeah. still still there for yeah. a lot of people. A lot of people are still very traditional, like, oh, you know what? Divorce. Oh, oh even the family old judge. Oh, he's a divorced man. Oh, honey, you don't want to get mixed up in that. God knows. You know, is he over it? Is it going to... Bleed into your relationship? Is he gonna do it to you? Right. You know, and and for the guy, you know, she's a divorced chick, makes her look more appealing. Maybe she's my kind of (laughs) crazy. Right? I don't know. But these all boil down to perceptions and why perception becomes that reality, why we project what we feel like we need in a relationship on the other person and make them live that truth when really that might not be their truth.
1: Yeah, I get that. I, I think it, it, it's a point that comes with dating in the early stages, right? If you're dating multiple people or if you're kind of you know doing the swipe thing and going on first dates here and there, there's a decision that has to be made. Either, either A, you are just going to make the decision as, okay, this is the best prospect I have out of this entire group of people that I might be dating, so I'm going to invest my type into this person and see where it goes. Or just be willing to walk away from it and avoid that until you find someone that for the lack of just to keep it consistent who's crazy matches up with your crazy right right and i think the latter is a lot harder to do because you know there's a lot of fear driven into people yeah. um especially women in our society about not being married at a younger age or even the biological uh impact of of waiting till you're older to have children right. and whatnot
0: um, and that's a real fear yeah I, it is yeah, that's a real substantiated fear so
1: i i I think it goes back into dating culture and, and, you know, I look at like my little nieces that have started dating well, saying that they have a boyfriend and then going through break. And it's just one, I think it's too young personally, but that just could be me getting too old for this. But then two, it's just like, dude, like you have so much more life that you want someone put it to me like this once. And this is why I bring it up. It's like, you're telling me that the most interesting person in life that you're going to meet is this person that you met when they were 16. There's no one else that's going to yeah. come later. Yeah. That, I
0: struggle with that too.
1: You know what I mean? And that's no disrespect because I have friends that, you know, they met at 16 and they just, they knew right away and they've been married. I think they married like at 23 and we're 32 now. Right. So they've been, they've been together Damn. since they were
0: 16 and we're more than half their lives almost. Uh, they've been together. You know what? Not to, not to talk bad about that, but I don't, I don't see it. I don't think that's possible too. I'm in the same line of thought. I mean, I can't, I can't wrap my head around a socially and emotionally immature individual being able to maintain a relationship through the years, long term, and grow in line with the other person's expectations—not necessarily expectations, yeah—but needs, yeah. emotionally and spiritually, mentally. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say like it's not possible. It's it's, it, yeah, it's Oh yeah. But it's very difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. I think that's like if you're if you're you know an odds maker in Vegas, shit, I, I'd bet against that. We 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it sounds fucked up. And why, why do we have to judge that uh, for, for what it is? Cause you're Catholic. Oh, <laughs> only by name, but we do, we do. Society judges them. Uh, we judge them. We are a part of society there by the by we, we judge mm. them. And as fucked up as it is, it just doesn't make sense doesn't necessarily need to make sense. Not everything is logic driven or based in some fundamental reality, but it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. I remember myself at 16. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, I I
1: do too. Oh. That, but I will say that <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted that so bad. You know, I wanted that high school sweetheart. Yeah. I wanted that like, yeah. you know, from elementary school someone that I've known mm-hmm. to be, you know, and just like, yeah, we've known each other since we were six. Yeah, right? I like, I chased that too. Like my grandparents met I want to say when they were like nine or 12 or something like that, he was a bus boy and she was an elevator girl or something like that. Aw. Right? At the same little hotel. Uh, my my uh, Uncle Joe and Sally, who I mentioned in, in last episode, they met when they were, I think, 13, 12, 13. Uh, you know, so that, you know, and that's
0: something like I'd always wanted. My parents met in their 20s after school. So Yeah, I think my parents met in their 20s too. Most of my aunts and uncles as well. I think we had one or two arranged marriages. Yeah, really arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. Interesting. In the family, yeah. Did that ever come up for you, getting an arranged marriage? No. Why? Uh, my my parents were very counterculture, mm. at least in that regard. <laughs> <Yeah>, I <it> was <laughs> like, no, it's not. No, they weren't arranged, but they were kind of like they knew each other before, and they. My dad came here, then my mom came here. They're like, oh, if it happens, it happens, and then I guess it happened, and then it didn't. So you did know, it when, happen, when and then you came, or change. did you come, and then it happened? It happened, and then I came. Like a year after. So it was kind of like Anna and I and Ethan. Mm. I think Ethan came less than a year into our marriage. And, you know, every day it's a it's an ongoing conversation. Like, you know, how do we readjust? How do we kind of take that time back? Yeah. And not hold it against the kids because it wasn't their fault. No. It was mainly mine. But, you know, it, it happened and we have to live with it. Yeah. And I love my son to death. He's three right now, so everybody knows what that means. Like sometimes I want to strangle him, but then every now and then he looks up at me with those puppy dog eyes, and I'm like, "Man, you're great." <laughs> but our relationship started off with a lot of uh, foundation building, and For I think that's why you and Anna, or you and your son, uh, me and Anna, oh, yeah. okay, and, and that's why I feel like we're we're so. We're, we're at a good place right now where we could really take it and build upon it. Mm-hmm. And I can give her criticism and she can give me criticism. And we're not going to get fucking sad about it yeah. because we understand each other is crazy, right? Right. Still kind of coping with a lot of the things that we have to do and adjust to as parents. But there were a lot of projections early on. There was a lot of I needed her to be someone. That she wasn't. That she wasn't. Mm. And when that fell apart, my whole world fell apart. And we went through some tough times, you know, early on in the relationship. And even before we got engaged, there was a point in time where I had to look myself in the eye and say, you know what? This is who she is. This is who I am. Do I accept it? And am I going to go for it? And you know what? I just went for it. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice everything I have to make this happen because I really believe in the true nature of what we have and what we have built. But it was foundation, fundamentally based on a, something that I wanted, that I desired. And I think for her, it was much the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I think... Um... I can't remember what episode it was
1: where he had talked about similar dating or like, how did you know when she was the one? Mm. Uh, and, and my buddy K actually had left a comment on one of the articles I wrote. And he said that when I decided to finally commit to a relationship and actually, you know, see it all the way through and be all the way in it, that's when I met the girl that became my wife. Mm. And, you know, and it's, I think that, that I bring that up because you just said that once you made that decision to be committed, you weren't even married yet. You made that decision to be committed and that's what led you to marriage. Yeah. and led you to where you are today. And I think it's... It's um, I get caught up in the idea of, okay, how do you know what person to commit to versus, you know, if things are good and you, and you want to see this really happen, you have to be committed hmm. for it to go and grow hmm. to the next level. Yeah? If you're not committed, wow. you know, Cliff, Cliff broke it down in the sense of, you know, you have to create a space for each other in each of your... Uh, d- a space in each other's hearts to, to make a home, kind of do. I actually, I'm, I'm butchering it. I cannot remember what he said. He's. Far, you can ask him later. <laughs> I can ask him later, and then we'll we'll figure that out. But, but in the sense, like, are you are you creating a space for her to to call home in your heart? Essentially, is what he he would say. And if you're not, then what's the point? And he and he calls me out all the time with like this whole long distance because you know some days I like, get really it really weighs on me and it's difficult you know but you know we talk it out me and my girl and and we both kind of share the same same struggles but it's it's tough
0: it's very tough what is the fear of becoming engaged in really relinquishing control and being committed and, and saying that's it i want to do it i don't remember where i was at but i'm trying to jog my memory and kind of think of where my head was at when i actually made that decision what i was going through but by the time I do that, you'll probably get into where you're at. Why is it so hard? Right now for me? Yeah, why is it so hard to just say, you know I what? Have,
1: I, have no, I have no red flags at all. And this is a year in, no red flags. And the only thing I can't get over right now is the fact that we haven't lived in the same city. So I don't know what it's uh, like to be with her for more than 10 days at a so time. So that's a hurdle. It's a hurdle. And, and part of me is just like, well, you just gotta take a risk sometimes and, and see,
0: and just do it and just go all the way in. What's either. the worst that can happen though? that Nothing. her kind of crazy doesn't align with yours or yeah. are you manifesting some something within your relationship that makes you think that she is not the person that you thought she was or you no, think she is not at all not at all so then what's the point
1: there, well, there really is and and when you put it that way you're like you're absolutely right i the, hear wedding the, bells <laughs> well, that, that goes in a different conversation <laughs> where where we still have to you know decide like of course what level of a lot uh, of
0: logistics, yeah what we want but i think for me where I was at, I think I was at my wits end, and I think I needed something to, I think I remember now, I was kind of, I hit a downward spiral, and grad school didn't manifest manifest itself into something that I could actually turn into a career. Your first um, grad program? Yeah. And that was a big letdown in the sense where I was almost outright promised something and it didn't manifest, and that really took a lot for me to, to cope with. And then after that, I just went into something that I didn't want to do, but I felt like, okay, cool, like, you know, let's do it. And I became a teacher, and then I I just didn't have a firm grasp on anything, and I just think I wanted some kind of a foothold in my life. Were you married as a teacher, or was that before marriage? I cannot remember. After after I left, I got married. Oh, okay. After you left. But I think we were already planning and all that. We got engaged when I was teaching. Okay. Yeah. So my students knew, and they still, like— you know, they they're the one of the first people that I already that I actually told that I was getting English Because you know
1: they can't tell, <laughs> you can't tell anybody. Who do they know? Those fuckers
0: are like, you know, fourteen to eighteen. I think I was teaching a whole range, but it was at that point in my life where I just needed something to sink my teeth into and I didn't have that. And maybe it's a shitty way of going about, you know, making that decision, but I knew that I could rely on her to be my foundation. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of kind of where I went wrong. I relied on her, I think too strongly to where uh, she felt that without me, without her rather, I would kind of flail and, and do all that. I put a lot of, a lot of weight on her, you know, a lot of that responsibility emotionally on her. <laughs> Dead <And I'm>, weight. <laughs> she, yeah, it was. And I don't think she was comfortable with that. And we, we really had to take a step back and we had this talk and we had a, we had a quote unquote, come to Jesus and, we really saw eye to eye, and after that, I think I was like, you know what, this makes this makes a lot of sense, mm. and that's that moment where I realized it, you know. And it wasn't all the talk about was that pre-proposal and, or, or pre-proposal. And the proposal. Okay, yeah, and that's why I ended up committing a year's worth, a uh, two years worth of just really working like a like a dog, just to save up for what I thought she deserved, mm-hmm. and I gave it to her. You know, when I proposed to her and I made her dreams come true, and maybe now she says I made otherwise. Made her dreams
1: come true. Wow. Yeah.
0: What? That's projection. <laughs> no, she told me. Uh, yeah. That's not projection. When
1: when no, you're bro, being that's told, not,
0: that's she's just stroking your ego. That's what that is. No. Well, I didn't. You know, I gave her. I'm, I'm I gave kidding, her the ring. I'm kidding. I'm I gave kidding. her the ring. Every girl wants a ring. It's a Cinderella, and and that's you know different times. Yeah. I think right now there's a lot more of a different marriage climate, but. Anyway, we're digressing. So Randy is going to get married soon. Wow. I'm really at a good point in my relationship. I think all the things are, we're headed in the right direction. We have a lot of momentum. We do. And this is great. And we want to hear what you guys, where you guys are at in your 30s relationship wise and if you have any advice if you're married
1: and have any advice for turg <laughs> oh or if you they if, shoot it at me yeah or have any advice for your boy let me know you can find me at i am randy z on facebook
0: instagram or twitter and you can find me at turg says no on instagram and twitter please share with us your journey your story where you're at and where you want to be if you're not there yeah turg is a sucker for love stories I am a hopeless romantic. I will always be. (laughs) All right, let's get out of here. Peace.
1: Thank you for subscribing to
0: another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share it with friends. Make sure you stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes, and if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. Really appreciate it. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. How many times have you been at home on a Friday night, Saturday night, sitting on the couch, or on your bed, or in your chair, or wherever you sit, naked? <laughs> <laughs> you were looking at me. I like, where, where, where are you going with this? How many times have you sat not knowing what to do, who to do it with, where to go, and you just picked up your phone, and this has to be like in the past two to three years, and just started swiping. Uh, well, it would have
1: to have been like over a year ago. Um, it would have to be. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's cold, man, that's cold. Plus, Randy.
0: Bus. Randy Z. <laughs> usually all right go 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 time out do we want to start it like that i was just going i know it's kind of interesting Eh. it's funny we don't have to you want to redo it because i don't like your response then